Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Season 16, Episode 8 of Married at First Sight. Another week, another episode. Hi, Aid. How are you? Hi, Tane. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, my God. I'm good. I just feel like... I worked for my paycheck today, like for real, for real. No slacking. <laughs> God, I can't believe they made me work. Did you have a good week? I had a good week. I, you know, I, life is going very well, I feel like, for both of us. Oh, thanks. Knock on wood. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a chill. You know, you're just like, oh my God, everything is okay. What's wrong? But yeah. <laughs> Nothing is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> can't complain. Um, anything you want to update the people on? Guys, we, we did a public service and we watched the Love is Blind season three after the altar special. And then we talked about it and it's all, it's on our Patreon and you guys should go check it out. Um, cause while the show wasn't entertaining, I think we are. <laughs> <laughs> Toot your horn, girl. <laughs> um, coming up next in terms of bonus, of course we have after party up every week. Um, on Monday and then we will be doing Potomac as soon as it's done and I cannot wait Potomac is really delivering (laughs) someone was very excited about part one of the reunion (laughs) I watched it when it was actually on television I couldn't believe it (laughs) (laughs) but speaking of uh, Love is Blind after the altar I mean I had it to talk about it and I forgot right after like when you're wondering if the show was done they snuck in a preview of Perfect Match the um, dating show on Netflix where all the people who are on Netflix or whatever, are there looking for quote unquote love. And I bring it up because we had a listener ask about it. If we saw Bartise, um on there, did you watch that? I haven't watched it yet. Have you? Oh, I have. I, I, <laughs> I am obsessed with it. Like it's a hot mess. I expected it to be mid, but I love it so much. It's entertaining me so much. Um, I know I ask this question all the time. Like I wonder how people, feel when they watch shows about people and they didn't watch them on the original shows. And I think my conclusion is like, it doesn't matter. Um, The entertainment factor still remains. But for me, it's just interesting to see people like at your core, you're who you are. They're basically the same people just bringing their trash (laughs) over here. And I went to go, (laughs) I went to go check because Bartiz is on the show and we know Love is Blind filmed like a long time ago. It's been like a year and a half or something. And this film, March 2022. Okay, so earlier this last year. Oh my gosh, that's almost a year, a year ago. <laughs> yes. So it wasn't long after the Nancy thing. Like this man was just busy, busy. Because there's a man on there who's from the mall. And he told someone. And then so you could tell that some of the people had no idea what show that was. Because he hadn't aired. So they're like, what? <laughs> what is that? And he's like, oh, I just came back from Australia, which is where they shot. So it's just interesting seeing all these people. Shane is on there. So it's just, uh, it's something. All right. But I recommend it. 
I like it a lot, but Bartiz is still trash. And he goes for the same kind of woman. That's all I'll say about that. Okay, I might watch it. Uh, the other part is that right before we recorded, I'm sorry, right after we recorded, they did announce that the next season of Love is Blind is coming March 24th, and I cannot wait. Yay! I really hope it's good, and I really hope there's love. That That's truly all I ask for. Uh, I hope there's love, too. I, I'm not really, I'm keeping my expectations low, but I just love the concept of Love is Blind, so I think it'll be good. <laughs> I'm the kind of person who compares and right now I don't like that love is blind Brazil is doing better like I just feel it's better I enjoy it way more because it's the balance of trash people and love and that's all we ask for in a romance show so I just need them to give us something okay all right last week you told me to watch that Sarah Lawrence <laughs> thing. sorry I got PTSD <laughs> which I did <laughs> it was quite terrible Oh my god. Like production wise or content? <laughs> oh, just what happened to them. Okay, yes. And yes. the whole time you're watching, it's like these cold documentaries, you watch them and you're just, how did this happen? I will say this. I think the use of the word cults was very loose. I said that a little when I did like a mini review of that. Like, I don't know that I'll call it a cult. It was a group of friends and it was his daughter's friends and she she bounced and <laughs> saved herself and graduated. But it, it, it was, and here's the thing. They always have video, always. And, and I read about it. The producer actually had an interview with the guy, but he just said it was just a bunch of nonsense and he didn't want to put highlight him. So he didn't include it in there. He sat with him. He gave him the videos. He had breakfast with him and he was just saying a bunch of nonsense and he just didn't include it in the show. And I think that was a good call. Unless you could, through that, show us exactly how he managed to manipulate them, I, I don't think there's value. So I think that was a good call. Yeah. Um, this week, one of the women was sentenced to prison and it's been very controversial because people are like, she was a victim, so why is she going to jail? Um, I Actually, I did not know that. I'm guessing you mean Isabella or something? Yeah, I can't remember her name, but yeah, one of them. Um, The only reason... Mm. I don't, okay, I can see why it's controversial. The only reason why I would think that she should be was that footage of her when they went to get the money from the girl and she said that never happened and you could obviously hear her participating in the plastic bag being put over the, the girl who became an escort. Okay, yeah. That makes sense then why she's in trouble. But it reminds also, me of Nexium though. It's like yeah. the line between victim and perpetrator, it gets yes. blurred. Yes, that is true, because on some end, I also do think she has some mental health issues because she might have just really have no memory. Because as you can see, we don't they don't know reality versus fiction, I guess. So that was the I don't want to say the coolest part, but a lot of times, a lot of times you don't get to see the person come out of the like you see the before you see the after you don't see the middle. And yeah. that, I think, made that documentary very different is that we saw her when she was in the throes of believing all the lies. Yeah. And we saw her coming out of it and being very honest that, like, I'm still coming out of it. Yeah. I still don't know if what I'm saying is true. So yes. that was that was real interesting. Yes. Great choice also to just dedicate the last episode to that and just focusing on that story and that journey. It's been, yeah. Go watch it, guys. Trigger warning, though. <laughs> I've been I just been I watched the murder thing on Netflix in like one day sorry off topic but that's another one that's like 
a little, I wouldn't say it's mind blowing, but it's, it's definitely worth watching. I haven't watched it because I subscribed to people magazine and they wrote about it. Like before we found out that he was the one in the middle, but, um, they wrote about it and I was following that story and I was interested because there's somebody else. Um, I want to say it's Bakary Sellers. Okay. Who I had interest in because all things lead to reality TV. He was on a reality show a long time ago where he was dating the set of black sisters that had a reality show somewhere and he was in politics and something like that. And yeah, they were supposed to be together. And he was standing by him. He was like, no, he would never do such a thing and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, really? Eh, it sounds fishy. This is not where you want to um, stand by. Then I watched the HBO documentary about it. There's a documentary about H- uh, on HBO about it and i'm like this is bad and now i'm like i don't know if i want any more this is just terrible so it is terrible i listened to that podcast of the girl with the robotic voice that's the only way i could describe it and she got into much better detail than the netflix documentary i follow bakari sellers and like all a lot of the work that he does and i am shocked (laughs) shocked that he came out in support of this he's a politician right he is in South okay. Carolina. Yep, that's where the show was based on. I'm just making sure I'm not mixing people up. Yep, it's him. <laughs> it's him. So yeah, so that's that. Sorry guys, we kind of <laughs> deviated, but we gave you content. <laughs> we gave you lots of recommendations. <laughs> Personally stamped with the altar call approval. Yeah, we love documentaries. So, all right, back to our documentary. <laughs> Married at first sight. <laughs> what's going on with everybody (laughs) um not so much is happening but as a reminder for anyone who's interested and if i do remember i might check it out couples couch is coming back and it's going to be airing by the time you hear this it's already aired on thursday so you can check it out on your dvr again we'll give you a report if i get a chance to watch it because i know aid's not going to touch that with a pole (laughs) (laughs) the the mind is willing the body is weak (laughs) Um, Nate from San Francisco just had a birthday and the blonde who never resulted into any storyline. And we were so sure that that was going to happen. Wished him a happy birthday. Talking about there's no one I'd rather everything she said on the show, like the sunset, the game nights. And I was like, is this slight shade or something? But yeah. And thanked him for welcoming her to San Diego and all that. And I want to say the San Diego season it's the season that's now making me think now that maybe more people are coming to be influencers because Nate also is buying outfits from Fashion Nova. He's not sponsored by, he's not an ambassador. And then asking, which one do you prefer? This one or that one? And I know like Alexis is doing the same thing. And one could argue that they're just doing it for fun. I mean, and there are other people who do it too, but we've never really seen it that way in maths when you're not successful, like when you're successful and, you know, become a parent, they're usually like parent um, ambassadors. But now when your marriage fails, it's becoming a thing where it looks like now you can transition and make some money out of it. I'm not mad at them making their coins, but I'm just wondering how that might affect the future of the show where people are like, eh, it's just a divorce. So And the point you're making is something that the Doctors Pepper and Jessica referenced when we interviewed them. Check it out on our Patreon. Um, Like, yeah, people are coming on the show to be influencers. But I am like, I don't think, how much money can you really make? Although we think Rachel might have quit her full-time job. So what do we know? So (laughs) I just... Yeah, I feel like the natural transition now 
after maths is nonstop travel. Not to say you can't work and travel, but I know I don't have that much vacation time. I mean, some may argue that I do, but I don't. But now it's becoming a thing. So who knows? And maybe zero is better than nothing. You can make a platform out of anything. And then there are things like Netflix where if you're on the show, you have a chance where you could just, they'd have enough people and you've been on a reality show, you could find another show to be on. So who knows? I mean, I I wonder, because even with Perfect Match, that's a kinetic show. Yeah. Married at First Sight is a kinetic show. I'm surprised they didn't schlep a couple of those over there. Keeping it Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping it Netflix. So, um, Claire, we mentioned last week that season 12 of Atlanta is premiering. I think it's 24th tomorrow. And Claire just put a PSA that she's shutting down, accepting requests for now, because due to the new season, people don't know how to act. They're going to start sending all these messages. So just like respect yourself. And she's helping herself by letting people know that she's not accepting requests because people come with rude messages. So good for her. Great for her. This is the best news. And I hope all of her castmates follow her example. Yep. Oh God. Cause Virginia is going to get it. Virginia, Ryan, who else is on there in Atlanta? Paige, Chris. <laughs> oh God. It's Chris and Paige. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah, Paige especially. God, I hope, yeah, she protects herself. Um, we saw Ben shooting something. I don't mean like with guns. I mean like with cameras. And I don't know. I think he's modeling on the side. I mean, he has the body for it. I'm not quite sure what he's doing. And right before we started recording, I think I just saw him post something about Simu Liu, uh, you know, the first Asian superhero in the Marvel verse, talking about quitting his job and following his dreams. So I skimmed over it. So I hadn't seen it. So I'm assuming it's something like been following his dream with modeling. But if I find more info, I would clarify. This is just me piecing things together, <laughs> but I don't know what he was shooting. So I don't understand these people who supposedly have successful careers. I, I don't know. I wonder Like, this is a mystery. What opportunities are coming people's way that they are making these life choices? It, I think you're misunderstanding the new world we live in. There is money to be made as an influencer. They make money. They make good money. Just TikTok alone. Someone was showing me how it works. I don't have TikTok. I don't have plans to be on TikTok. But someone was showing me how you just have videos, you have certain views, you automatically just start getting money racked up on there. Now imagine if you have a following and you have a platform and you do videos consistently, why not? I mean, look at um, Beth from Beth and Jamie. I don't think she's actually like worked since then. She's just kind of promoted things every now and then. Ashley, she's a stay-at-home mom. Danielle, she's a stay-at-home mom. That's good money. Okay. You know, for them. So, and I don't blame them. Like if we were making six figures with a podcast, I may or may not keep my day job. I think that's the part. I, I, I could never imagine quitting my real job. Sh- short of winning the lottery. <laughs> Let the record show. That I can imagine quitting my real job. <laughs> I'm just like, I couldn't, I couldn't see it. I don't know. I mean, if they find a way to earn money while doing something fun and Ben just has to use his body, which he already has and works on for free, why not? I think what I'm most curious about is the numbers. Like, yeah. what were you making before? What are you making as influencing? You got to pay your own taxes and stuff when you're an influencer. Like, yeah. what what are the numbers here? And if I knew the numbers, then I could understand the decision more. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully it's worth it um for them. 
But I do want to clarify. We're not knocking people like if they want to be influencers. I was we were just speaking earlier in terms of like how does it affect the show? Like if your end goal is it to get married or is it to be an influencer? Because that brings a whole different mindset. So and you already have to be a certain kind of person to be on reality TV. So um speaking of influencing, Kristen <laughs> is now the brand ambassador for Cycle Bar, which is like a spin class. Um, and she's the brand ambassador for a local one in Hilltop. I had to go look where she is because I thought she was in New York, then she got a new job. But I think she's still fun employed until she starts her re- her new position or new job. This is in Virginia Beach because someone was like, "Oh, I didn't know you moved back." And so she's like, she's "Just in Virginia te- Beach." That's what I saw because I was like, "Where's Hilltop?" I mean, the listeners will correct me if I'm wrong, but that was my guess. And then she's like, "Oh, I'm just here temporarily," but she's the brand ambassador. Good for her. You know that I did cycle bar a lot back in the day. I did a hundred. I have a little picture with myself and 150 rides. At <laughs> Good Hopefully job. Hopefully I'll babe. go back. <laughs> it's been a while. And uh, yeah, that's it. Not a lot happening in that verse, but that was all I got. All right. Okay. All right. We will be right back to talk about this week's episode. Space and bills. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming, and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in AltoCall on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's AltoCall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. All right. How are we feeling about this episode, Aid? The joy of maths is that nothing happens, but I'm still entertained. <laughs> I found myself getting quite annoyed. With the people. Yeah. 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 That too. This uh, episode. But if I'm annoyed, I'm entertained because I'm invested. Well, so much so that I just threw out a tweet out of annoyance with so many question marks, so many exclamation points, and it was picked up by a uh, lifetime. <laughs> and I was surprised that they even retweeted that. <laughs> Cause it was, it was a little, it was critical. It was... Yeah. Like stay <laughs> neutral guys. <laughs> but I, don't, I, I think that you were, you know, I feel like these people retweeted because you were, you were speaking for them. <sighs> I don't, I don't know. But, you know, I have a friend who judges how good a book is by if it evokes an emotion from her. It doesn't have to be a good emotion, but any kind of emotion to her, that's a success. So by that definition, I'm not bored. I'm annoyed. I am feeling something. So maybe they're doing what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. So we start with Nicole and Chris. Um, Nicole is excited to meet his dogs because they will be her sons. And he says, sure. And I want to ask dog parents out there, what percentage of dog owners, parents call dogs their kids? Because there was a challenge. They do these compatibility challenges on Perfect Match where the couples have to say if it's cringe or if it's cute. And one of the questions were, is it cringy or cute for dog parents to call dogs their children? And half of them said cringy, half of them said cute. But Nicole constantly calls the dogs um, her kids, your mommy, your daddy. And I it would be curious to know what percentage of people, where they fall on either spectrum. And, and you could, guys, if you've listened to us before, you know where Tane and I fall. Yes. So, I mean, I'm just saying we can't relate, but I'm curious. I'm generally just curious, like, where... Because we've seen dog um, dog owners over the years on maps. And, like, I know Alexis calls it her child. And same with Justin. So I'm, I'm inclined to lean towards more people call them their children. But I know that some people um, say, like, even on Perfect Match, they were like, no, that's too much. Like, yeah, I love them, but they're not my child. So I'm just curious. They're a pet. I'm just saying, they're a pet. I don't think we have a say <laughs> in this. So we leave this <laughs> to, to the people. Own. Yes, to we leave own. this to the people who have these. So the dogs are very excited to meet Nicole. And his dog's name is Coda. I love that name. <laughs> with a K. Um, he apparently sleeps in the bed with Chris. Um, Nicole says that, you know, Chris loves his dogs. And he would jump in front of a bus for them. And their obsession for their dogs is something that they have in common. We see his dog humping a pillow and Nicole says that if this is what he has seen Chris do in action before, and this is what he's doing, then she feels good about her future sex life. Listen, I know she was saying this tongue in cheek, but then this just made me think again, dog owners, do you have sex with your dog watching you? 
know, I've heard various things about that. Oh my God, I don't think I could ever. But then again, I don't know. I would never be in the same room as a dog. So I don't know. <laughs> like, is that normal? Like, I know dogs sleep with their owners. They do. But do you just have it there while you go at it? Guys, we're looking for answers. I am, for sure. Like, please feel free. Let me know. Um, you can private n- message. You don't have to put it on a comment. <laughs> yeah. Or one. say it with your chest. <laughs> <laughs> so Nicole says she's thinking about what happens after the eight weeks. And ideally, they're going to have a home with a backyard. I was wondering why they put that in there. But we're going to find out soon enough. We move on to Dominique and McKinley. Mac does a selfie cam in the parking lot in front of the car. And says they're about to see um, Dominique's apartment. He says he's sure that her apartment is great. It's not a basement apartment. He's the big loser that lives with family and friends. And that's the story here. I thought that was strange. But I guess we get context <laughs> and after party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we go into her apartment. She has boxes everywhere. And she tells us that she has it because she's on the waiting list for a storage unit. She tells him to browse. And this man says... He doesn't need to because she didn't browse his place. And I don't know if he means it like she didn't personally or there was nothing to browse. How did you interpret that? I, I, the whole thing had a lot of residual hostility. So I took that to mean that he was mad that she didn't look around his basement room. But I'm like, what was she supposed to look at? But also she did. That's bit. what I thought too. Like she opened the, the closet, closet and had a cut crack about that. Yeah. So, anyways, wrong, wrong, wrong move, Mac. Um, she's disappointed that he's not interested at all, and I'm like, damn, just try, Mac. But I think he's hit a wall. She tells him that she says she loves white because when she was younger, her mom wouldn't let her wear white, so now she's making up for it. She's really enthusiastic about this story, and Mac just mm-mm, not giving anything at all it was quite awkward actually and it was like a situation where you know where you're enthusiastic about something and the person's not giving what they're giving so you know you should stop talking but you just keep talking that's what it felt like to me because you're hoping that the next thing you say will make them interested <laughs> this would be the really one foul. really foul <laughs> he was he was he, I, he was just in a terrible mood you could tell then we move on to gina and clint Gina gives Clint a tour of her apartment and I'm like, well, how many floors down did he have to go? They're in the same building. (laughs) So he at least acts interested. He plays with her dog. He tells her that he's looking forward to sharing a space together. He says it will be important for them to grow because they have a lot to learn. You know, I will say this. Clint does a lot of things. He likes to hear himself talk and he's could be obnoxious, but I really don't doubt Clint's intention in this experiment. No, he's determined. Okay. It doesn't appear. It seems like he is determined to try. That is what it looks like. But a part of me is after we've had this whole conversation about influencers, if you quit the relationship, you quit the show. You know? So is he really invested in the marriage or is he really invested in staying in the show? But honestly, Clint doesn't strike me as the influencer kind. And he doesn't fit the other trope of, we know there's some math grooms that come in there because they don't have a home. He has a home. (laughs) So I don't know. We don't know this man, but I don't get that vibe from him. I'm not sure. (laughs) So Gina asks Clint how he's feeling. 
He says, you know, they've spent time together, so there won't be surprises, and he's looking forward to it. I'm like, is this optimism or delusion? Gina says she doesn't know how she's feeling about moving in right away. She doesn't see the progression that she was looking for. What? Which is what? <laughs> she says there have been there has been nothing romantic, and something is seriously missing. She says she wants to get to know him, but moving in will pull them apart, and then they'll have to be walking on eggshells. And I just, this was where I fired out that tweet because I'm just like, do these people know what show they signed up for? I think what I said was the M doesn't stand for mingling because if you're marrying someone, just stick it out for eight weeks. You can say no, guys, at the end of the eight weeks, but what do you lose in giving it your all? This is still week one, right? They got you a two-bedroom apartment. Everything Gina is saying sounds like nonsense nonsense it doesn't even make sense but i'm glad clint fights back and is like that's great and all but this is still a marriage (laughs) you have to be uncomfortable with certain things he says yeah the physical attraction isn't there but did they commit yes did they say they were going to get married to a stranger yes were they going to work through challenges yes (laughs) it's like you go clint so gina says she's in a place of uncertainty and she knows they signed up for the process And they gave vows, but the last thing you want to do is start to admit that it's not working like you hoped. I'm like, well, how about you try? I mean, the truth of the matter, we know it, she knows it, she's done. Like, they're not coming back from anything. And I understand feeling trapped, but I don't know, you signed up for this. Clint says he wants to stick it out and see what happens. I I just don't really see. I feel like if you don't move in, and this will be addressed later, then what's the point? What are you doing here? Um, The only thing I can think of is I think they feel trapped. It becomes so overwhelming that quitting just seems like the only thing they can think of. So maybe it's easy for us from the couch to be like, just stick it out. But it's one of those things where you know it's going to be hard, but you really don't know until you're in it. But... but- <laughs> Yeah, they could just be cordial at the very least. Um, So Jasmine and Eris, we visit Jasmine's, I'm assuming, parents' home. And I'm assuming they're not home. And they timed it that way. Um, She brings up the nine or 13 puppies. Because one scene they said nine. The other one they said 13. And they walk in and there's a bunch of crowns lined up in like a shelf situation. And I'm like, eight, um... This does not look like a transition. She looks pretty lived in here. Yes, but the part that I, it appeared to be her own apartment, not her parents' house. It was a house. It was a house? Okay. Yeah, they showed the building before they drove in. Okay, this is very, very confusing. And like you said, because the reason why it's confusing for those who don't watch or listen, last week on After Party, Jasmine said she was in transition. I would agree with you. All these crowns, all these dogs, that looks like a very settled in place that you are yeah your crowns would be in storage packed up like i'm not gonna set it up um unless she did it for the show but again i'm sorry when you watch matchmaking what did they show for her i can't remember oh okay so Ari says it's good that she's humble but she needs to step up her pride like if he was her that you wouldn't be able to tell him nothing. Like, not everyone has a crown and winnings and a sash and all that kind of stuff. That, you know, she did a thing. And I like this, actually. It was nice. It was a nice acknowledgement <laughs> of her accomplishments. 
Good job, Anyways. So he says that, you know, he puts her crown on her and tells her that she looks like a black uh, Game of Thrones character. And she's just, <laughs> she really likes Aerys. Um, he says he told the experts to give him a black queen and they did. She explains the pageant system to him and all the things that she's won. And as she's talking, their dogs barking in the background. And Aerys jokes like, oh yeah, they're like 20, right? Aerys says that, you know, when he was younger, he's been scratched before. So he's not really like, you know, looking forward to it. And then they go see the puppies. And she says she hands him the, as she called him, the runt of the litter, who is called Tesla. And he's petting the dog. And she says, you know, seeing him enjoy the puppies makes her more attracted to him. And I got to tell you guys, I Jasmine's puppies were cute. They were. For dogs, they were cute. They were very cute. They're golden doodles. I've said before, my, my husband wants a dog. It's never going to happen. But I did make a mental note for if I ever get over my fear. Because I will say this. When I saw the puppies, I didn't feel the usual fear in my heart when I see dogs, because I don't know if I've ever gone into detail, but when I see dogs, like I've had panic attacks, I've broken out in tears. I've embarrassed myself at the Thanksgiving party because a dog came dashing out and I fell to the ground and I couldn't breathe. So there's a fear, fear. But with this, I didn't feel that fear in my heart. But again, it was through a TV. So maybe that's what the difference was, but they were cute. So she does say that she falls in love quick. So she's worried if she does. And he's like, cool. Thank you. <laughs> it's not good. It's not, not, not good. I mean, it's a very valid possibility. So Kirsten and Shaq are together. And they are in Kirsten's place. And she is nervous about it. Her place is, for lack of a better word, sterile. Like, there's nothing on the walls, nary or furniture. She claims that she's a minimalist and she tells us that their apartment are night and day. Shaq is like, you don't have bar stools? Like, you don't have pictures? Like, he's like, it's weird. You guys know how I like when they say that. <laughs> Here's the thing. I've had an apartment that looked like that, but also I just graduated college and had no money. So... <laughs> I'm not understanding why this is. She gives more explanation in after party, but um, I'm not buying it. And I was going to ask if you remembered her place during matchmaking. I did not. Once again, I don't remember during <laughs> matchmaking. Okay. Um, Shaq says that he was looking forward to learning more about him, but it looks like she just moved in yesterday. He asks, like, is this a model home? Like, it does not look lived in <laughs> at all. <laughs> now we got a message from a listener. Hi, Caramel Joy. And it said that she does not think that Kirsten is a minimalist <laughs> or, or an organized. She thinks that she got that apartment just for the show. <laughs> she got a month-to-month lease, which is pretty expensive, by the way. <laughs> but she has her a real place. She says she does not want Shaquille to know where she actually lives. If things don't work out, <laughs> he's not going to know where to find her. What say ye, Aid? I mean, it's a reasonable theory. I I, I don't agree with it, but I, 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 do, I don't understand. There's a difference between, okay, lacking decoration and your house literally not looking like someone lives there. You can tell the difference. So the fact that Shaq is, and I think he meant it literally, it looks like no one lives here. <laughs> 
If it was anybody else, I might be like, oh, that's doing too much. But honestly, it feels like it's on brand for Kirsten. I think she's the kind of person that's like, I'm not going to let these people know where I live and just put a bet. She doesn't even have a nightstand. And honestly, when Shaq was like, where do you put your phone? I think that's a valid question. <laughs> like, where do you put things? I mean, someone put on Twitter and was like, I think it was kind of rude that he's just saying that's weird and you don't have that. But it's a valid question. So I don't know. Her explanation at after party, again, did not make any sense. But I will say that her closet did look lived in. So it's like her storage unit for extra clothes. There was a lot of clothes in there. There was also a lot of pillows on the bed. Um, I'm not, there's a lot of people who like that. They call it, it's just decorative. And I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people. I mean, even for me, who has been made fun of plenty of time for the number of pillows, um, decorative pillows on a bed, I thought that was a lot. (laughs) Oh, man. But um, Shaq is thrown off by her disorganization. And he's like, all right, we have to figure out something um, when we moving together. So it was just as interesting as their relationship. Neither here nor there, we don't know. That's that, that, that was the only thing I could think of. Did you think it was a little crazy that they didn't show us Shaq's full apartment tour? They did a flashback? They showed it last week. Oh. Well, to be honest. Did they? Okay, so I saw it and I'm like, did this happen last week? No, it didn't. Because the pictures looked familiar. I, I had they did not show us Shaq touring an apartment or or I'm crazy but no we didn't see that last oh, week they wow. just showed us in a flashback and I'm like why would you show us the good apartment in a flashback instead of just showing us oh my god now I feel like I should I really feel they showed it last week he said where did they have the conversation about laundry okay that's their shared apartment please correct us listen memory is failing way too much going on in the world all right, we'll be right back, guys, to talk about Dom and Mac and Nicole and Chris. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we're back. So Don tells McKinley that his energy was very, I don't want to be there. They're driving in the car, by the way. McKinley says, well, it's like one thing after the other with you. Like, you don't like me. That, um, And there are things that he's not getting either, but you don't hear him bitching. She asks what those things are. And he says, for example, my dogs are a huge part of my life and they're in the furniture and they shed, but I treat them that way and I let them do that. But because of where you stand on there, I don't want to bring my dogs. Um, Then they flash back to the honeymoon where Dom is saying that dogs should be a benefit, not running the household and they shouldn't be shedding everywhere. She said her thing is like, I mean, you've been here. Okay, just as I'm wondering, dogs? McKinley, what? First time hearing this? She's like, well, I was like, are they there in the basement with him? Like, what what are we talking about? And then she goes, my thing is like, you've been here five months. You haven't brought the dogs. I mean, if they were that important. And he's like, so you're saying they're not that important? She's like, I didn't say that. I'm like, she's not wrong. Like, she's not wrong. You Could you look at, look at Chris and Nicole. 
I and mean... the idea of being separated from their dogs. He apparently has been separated from his dog for five dogs for five months and has made no plans to move them. They can't be that important to him. Exactly. We got a man breaking down for two weeks last week. We got Justin last year. Like, I'm not going to separate. You made no plans. Money's not the issue. Bring them down. Put them in a boarding place. So you wouldn't even get... If you treat them like your kids, you wouldn't even get an apartment just so you could be with your dogs? The math ain't mathing, McKinley. It's not making sense at all. <laughs> because, if, as you said, if money is the issue... If you can afford a place for you and your dogs... And you choose not to, that that's, and then you want to be mad at someone when they rightfully point out that clearly your dogs aren't that important to you. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words. Yeah. And for all of the things, like maybe McKinley has a point, he's not getting what he wants, all that kind of stuff. The one thing that sticks out to me that gives Dominique the edge for me is you cannot open your mouth to say that you were getting ready for marriage. But you can't even do the bare minimum of what might give your wife security of getting a temporary place. And then don't throw out that money's not an issue. If it's not, then do it. <laughs> Everyone was so annoying this week. <laughs> so um, he starts being defensive. Like, yeah, he's been going back and forth with Michigan. And he's always liked um, Nashville. So he wanted to come out here and see that he liked it. And Dominique puts air quotes, test it out. I think what makes Dominique's words, even though she says them so calm and soothing, is the smile, the permanent smile that's always on her face. And you don't know where to go with that. So she just goes, test it out. And he's like, what? And she goes, yeah, you just want to test it out. And then he didn't want to bring them in if he didn't like it. And he says that, you know, maybe that's not stable to you, but I do pretty well in cannabis and the money thing is not a problem at all. How did we get there, sir? How did we get there? So he says um, he's not feeling good about where they're at. He says like for she has not asked once about his dogs or their names, and that's a big deal to him. I gotta say this: we're not dog people, but if I was dating someone that had a dog, I, I would ask their names at least. Yeah, <laughs> at the bare minimum. The, that was the favorite thing about watching Dominica McKinley is like point, point. Each person gets a point. <laughs> His whip all the points. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right, you're right. Oh, but he's right too. Oh, but Ooh. she's right. <laughs> so, so she says, "Are we going to argue about your dogs? Like, there's so much more to be talked about." And I'm like, ah, that was shitty. You know that dog people don't play about their dogs. But she's assigned him a role as a non-dog person. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the man told you they mean something to you. Just play along. Like, just don't do not do that. So uh, another DOA we have here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, then we have Nicole and Chris. Nicole is introducing her dog to Chris like smart people at a dog park where there's enough room. And they're on a leash. And Chris's dogs are very excitable. And uh, Nicole is being dramatic. I mean, in a playful way and saying like, she hopes that their dogs get along because their marriage depends on it. And if they don't get along, um, that's going to be it. Actually, I don't think she's joking. <laughs> no, I didn't think she was joking either. <laughs> she's like, her entire marriage hinges on these dogs getting along. So Chris's dogs are just barking. Nicole's dog is calm. And then she's like, yeah, my dogs know how to behave. My dog knows how to behave. 
Um, they sniff each other, they're going about each other, and they're just chill, and then they just get along. One of the dogs just sits there and they're running around. No situation of anybody scratching each other's eyes out. So yay, their marriage is saved. So he talks about figuring out how to have all three together. And she says he just needs to give her extra attention to make up for the fact that, you know, she's not with her dog, Charlie, because Charlie used to give her cuddles. And he's like, yeah, I can give you extra doggy cuddles. Um, That was cute. You know, they're still doing well. Yes, very cute. Yeah, very cute. Again, I acknowledge again that he's not downplaying the fact that she gave up her dog because there's really no situation where he should have his dogs with him and she has to give that up. And by the way, just a little, Nicole listens to our podcast and she loves it. Don't ask (laughs) us how we know, but we know. (laughs) So thank you for liking it. Um, Dr. Pepper gives a little speech, says that they need to look outside of their own wants and needs for cohabitation to be successful. You go back to Gina and Clint and Clint asks, you know, so sleeping arrangements and he's so upbeat about everything. He's like, (laughs) and I'm like, do you know you're in peril right here, sir? And it's like, they should be in separate bedrooms. And Gina says, yeah, um, I don't want anything to be forced and I'm just not ready for us to move in. And Clint tells us that he thinks it would be healthy for them to be in each other's space because they need to learn and grow. We go back to Dominique and Mac Kinley. Dom is sitting on the island in the kitchen. And when Mac is moving things in, he asks, okay, so what's the plan? Is this bag coming in? She's like, yeah, I'm not feeling it right now. Like, I don't want to have petty arguments. Mac is like, my dogs are not petty to me. (laughs) 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 She totally ignores him. And is like, yeah, I don't want it to spiral. Right now, the energy is manageable, and I don't think I should move in. It was in this moment, ladies and gentlemen, we realized that she is not, in fact, an old soul, and she is not ready for marriage. If you don't want anything to spiral, honey, there is many more <laughs> coming down the pike. So, yeah. Lest, lest we forget, her mom signed her up for this. I mean, she went along with it, but she did not sign herself up for this. So was she really ready for marriage? I, I no, she was not. I, you know, I I really struggle with this. I don't think she was ready for marriage with McKinley, but I don't know if she was ready for marriage with somebody else. That's um, fair. I, I think where Dom and Gina really fall short this episode is that their reasons sound like nonsense. Mm-hmm. I don't want us to have petty arguments, so I'm going to leave. Yeah. How is that useful? I, it's like, just, what frustrates me is they want to talk in circles and I guess they want to stay on the show and they want to stay part of the process. They want to delude themselves into thinking that they're trying to build a marriage. But if you won't move in and spend time with the person who you are supposed to be married to, then you might as well just go. Here's my difference between Dominique and Gina. So Pastor Kyle put something out today. Um, We had it in our stories to ask what people thought about it. And he said, in life and in marriage, if we don't really know ourselves, then we don't know what we need. Sometimes when we get exactly what we ask for, we won't recognize it. And that could be stressful for anyone in that predicament. And he put that with um, Dominique talking about um, her experience in the marriage. And we talked a little bit about this with Dr. Pepper, that sometimes you think you know what you want. And then when you get it, it's not what you want. Dominique is 25. Mm -hmm. 
I don't blame her for thinking, oh, this is what I wanted. And they kind of gave her something. And it's like, no, I don't want to be a coach. Like, you know, she was like, oh, I can get experiences with someone. And he said he wanted someone extroverted. And he's like, not as extroverted as her. Like, you can't measure that. But at 25, this is why you date. Then you figure out all the things and then you finesse like the things that you like and the things that you don't like. So I don't really fault her for that. But for Gina, whose only thing is it could work with Clint. We saw them chatting at the wedding. There's an opportunity, but she's stuck on his, I'm so sorry I have to say this, gingery features. <laughs> and Slendergate. I mean, and Yes, I, I was about to say. And him saying the Slender comment and she can't move past it. I can't tell her when to move past it. She's offended by it. It is what it is. And clearly she's not going to get over it. But if there was a world where she could get over it, she might discover that she's with someone who, because noticing the glimpse of how positive Clint is about this whole thing, this woman has said in seven different languages, even though it doesn't make sense that she doesn't want to move in. And Clint is just calm about it. He's not yelling. He's like, he's just like, yeah, I just think we should move in. Like we need to move in. And he's just being mature about the whole situation and not being frustrated. There might be something there. Like someone who can put up with that or whatever. And I, I just, I, I don't understand. So that's where I'm giving Dominic grace. I personally don't think anyone should be getting married at 25. Like there's just, especially in this world we're living, there's just more time to figure yourself out. So. Um, okay. I would say there's some qualifiers to that. As always. As always. Yeah. It doesn't apply to everybody. I'm just I saying. don't think people should be entering the married at first sight process at 25. Even personally, and I understand, like, it doesn't apply to everyone, but for me, even personally, I just always, like, there's always different, different things for different people. But I think the world we're living now is to, I feel like people who got married maybe at, like, 25 many years ago is different from getting married at 25 now. It's a different world. And there's way too much, and there's way more accessibility to a lot of things that you find more people feeling like, they're discontent, even if they're not, because there's just way more access to compare yourself to other things. And it's just better to get to that point of contentment by yourself before you get into something as serious as marriage. If that makes any sense. I just think we live in a different world. Okay. So McKinley says that he's been spiraling since the honeymoon because there's things about him she doesn't like, and there's no compromise. She asks what he means. Like, he says that she's expecting everything to be perfect. She said she expected him to want to do more and not want to have to push him. And it's mentally exhausting being the supporter. McKinley says he doesn't know what to say, that he feels like complete shit, that he ruined her time during the honeymoon, that he was negative. And she says, you think I don't feel bad? And at this point, they're measuring, I guess, who's a worse person. (laughs) And he says... Like, um, he doesn't know why she feels bad. Like he didn't complain about anything. <laughs> she just said that you were negative the whole time. Dominique says she can't right now. Like she's not moving in. She's going home and she's taking a bath. The producer comes out and is like, um, you're going to move everything back down now. And she goes, yeah. <laughs> and McKinley says, eh, we need our space and we'll see what Pascal has to say. So everybody's meeting with Pastor Cal. I would like to take this opportunity to say that I looked up the place where they're staying. 
Um, it is called Central, spelled with an S. Um, it's a chain. They're they're all over the country, it appears. And they have furnished and unfurnished apartments, so they probably went with the furnished option. Okay. The location seems to be really great. Like, I don't know, in some of the outside shots, you can see like this wavy orange building in the background. I think that's the Country Music Hall of Fame. And then right behind there is the Bridgestone Arena, where the hockey team, the Predators, play. So I was like, oh, you can walk. That is true downtown. You can walk to some cool stuff from there. Oh, and those furnished apartments, it appears, go for like 3 k a month. So not cheap. Especially not cheap, I assume, for a city like Nashville. It's two bedroom. Yeah. They have them some nice apartments in Nashville. Yeah. Every, you know, Dominique's apartment was nice. The yeah. little we saw of Shaq's apartment looked nice. Like, everybody's apartment looks very nice, except for the one in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> So everybody is going to go to counseling this week or well, counseling is going to come to them in the form of Pastor Cal. Um, So we do a little round robin showing everybody getting ready for Pastor Cal to come. And we start with Jasmine and Eris. Hey, can I ask a question? Sure. Something that occurred to me, I don't know, in season 16. Why is Pastor Cal a pastor? Is he in a church? I don't know. Does he pastor a church or does he? I mean, I guess he has a degree, but why are we calling him Pastor Cal. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> it just occurred to me. <laughs> I'm assuming if he doesn't have a flock now, he did at one point, but that's me being an optimist. All right, guys, let us know. I'm sure his resume is available somewhere. I do know he has like a master's in divinity or something like that. I'm, I'm sure he has that. But then I started thinking, does that, is that all you need? And then you can just call yourself a pastor? I don't know. That, that That's why I was wondering. Um, I, people let us know about why Pastor Cal is pastor. Yeah. If he had a congregation at some point and then took a detour into TV. And book writing. But he is definitely um, a married. Well, part of being a pastor is that you counsel marriage cu- couple, married couples or couples about to get married. So I just assumed that's where he had sort of gotten into this field. Maybe one day we can have him on the show and he can tell us the same way. The doctors, Pepper and Jessica did. <laughs> so he starts his counseling with Jasmine and Eris. They sit down. Um, Pastor Cal asks what they thought when, you know, the person came down the aisle or they were at the front of the aisle. And Jasmine goes first and says she was relieved that Eris was fine. He was easy on the eyes. She, she goes out for a little bit. And then Pastor Cal says, yeah, all right. And, <laughs> and Eris says, pastors can hate too. I'm learning something new. <laughs> Then we don't hear what Eris thought of Jasmine coming down the aisle. Um, then they move on to the honeymoon and Pastor Cal says that he's here to deep dive. And Eris says that she's pretty, but she's not his type. And she says that she wants him to want to rip her clothes off. And uh, Eris says, yeah. <laughs> Do you consider this an insult? You are, she's pretty, but she's not my type. It's not an insult, but it doesn't need to be said. It serves no one. Okay. Because I feel I think... like in this process, you're forced to say things like this, but like it just, what does it serve her to know that? What does it serve you to say that? Yeah. Because this is the basis of Slendergate. Okay. So Eris says that he was very stressed on the honeymoon because of the way he felt about Jasmine and that he felt guilty. 
And he explains in detail that normally he's the other way around. He's a sexual person. And he's like, we had this private shower on the balcony in Jamaica and normal single me would be going crazy. It's secluded. We'd be making R&B videos in this bathroom, but his mind wasn't there. <laughs> Eris makes me laugh. <laughs> I, who expects that series of words? <laughs> I mean, what a way with words. What a poet of our generation. <laughs> it was very interesting when he said normal single me and i'm like are you having a hang-up about having a wife no oh i i didn't take it anyway i think he's just saying like the old the usual me like when i was single when i was normal but now he has a wife like i mean it's not like you can sleep with anybody else (laughs) um he starts to say that maybe he's making too big of a deal of it and pastor cal says yeah you're making it a big thing um, and he asks if there's any like physicality there. And Eris says, yeah, they hold hands, they touch. And Eris says it feels normal and natural and it doesn't feel forced. And then he, Pastor Cal says, how much of feelings have to do with the process that you're in? That sometimes for strong people, they don't want people telling them what to do or how to perform. And that can shut you down. So then Pastor Cal asks Jasmine what she likes. And she says that she likes that Eris is honest. Which I'm not sure that she should like that. Um, <laughs> she says that she's always been told what she needed to hear, but um, but even if he thinks it will hurt her feelings, he still says it. And I'm like, but maybe he shouldn't. She also says that she likes his work ethic. Um, and that he makes her feel comfortable, even though they're not where they need to be. And Eris says that it makes him feel good to hear that and feel like he's doing some things right says about her that he loves that she works with kids and that she's a role model and that she's close-knit with her family and that she has her her hands in a lot of different places and he says that he thinks if he died he'd know that his kids were in good hands with her Uh, some things are a compliment but they're really not uh, jasmine talked about traits that eris has inherently himself eris talked about things that jasmine does Mm. I don't think there's anything like meant badly by it, but even at the end, it's about what she will do for him. Like she will take care of his kids if he dies. Yeah. That's not an inherently value. Like how do you value her as a person? Yeah. It's based on her service. (laughs) And her resume. Yeah. Pastor Cal tells Eris that she wants to be desired, not just valued. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When he said the things he liked about her, I was like, oh, I do like that he had actual things that he liked about her. Because sometimes you ask people, what do you like about me? And they say all these generic things. And then until Pastor Kyle was like, yeah, but you want to see her as more than her values. I'm like, oh, he's right. So next up is Gina and Clint. Tane, did Gina put in a weave? Is her hair suddenly longer or was I not paying attention? Did not notice. Very annoyed by Gina. So I was just very annoyed every time she came on my screen, but I didn't notice. Um, Gina tries it. That's how I'll describe what to do. So she says that he asked the same question, like, what did you think when you first saw each other? And Gina's like talking about, I like his beard. I like this. I da, da, da. And she says that she looks for the positive instead of the negative. She nice. doesn't say the part where she told this man that he was gingery. She doesn't say mm-hmm. that. She so always Pastor, skips that part. She really does. So Pastor Cal says, oh, 
starts to try to get on Clint and says, you can't tell me that this woman is unattractive. And I was very happy when Clint defended himself and said, I never said that. Because <laughs> he didn't. How does Pascal get that wrong? He absolutely did not say she was unattractive. And he was so, how can you say this woman is it? Relax. Clint says he wants to be adaptable. And he mentions that there have been some disparaging comments toward himself. Okay. And we get a clip of Gina talking about the gingery features. Gina still cannot catch a clue and says she didn't think it was offensive because in hair styling, they use that word a lot. This is the longest we've gone an episode without Gina mentioning her profession, by the way. (laughs) She's still standing her ground also. I just... She says that weight is an accusation. It's not a fact. Which, once again, I don't think she understands (laughs) that the implication that someone might not have a 28-inch waist makes them a disgusting human being is not winning her over (laughs) with the plus size crowd, which is me. I just, this man said in the past, I have dated slender and athletic. Okay. And she keeps on going. So what does he think that I'm like lazy and I don't work out? And I'm like, okay, so now people who work out are lazy in the eyes of Gina. Like, is a lot of self like just projection like me or gina <laughs> no <laughs> gina <laughs> no gina because like that's why i said what he said all he said was in the past what i've dated was slender and athletic now she says you think i'm lazy what <laughs> and then clint says but I mean, athlete, he wasn't doing himself any favors there. Gina's like, but I do HIIT six days a week. <laughs> Pastor Kel says what we are all thinking that this is derailing. And that if you start talking about what you don't like, you won't succeed. I don't know if they were talking about what they don't like. They were actually just arguing over the meaning of words. I... <sighs> okay. Weight is an accusation. His actual genetics is what? <laughs> I just... Mind blowing to me, and I just hate the fact that we're still episode eight. We are still on this shit. <laughs> I blame Gina. So he asked, he asked Pastor Cal asked Gina about not moving in, and she just she says some gobbledygook, figuring stuff out. <laughs> Beneficial, they need to know each other. Moving in is a step together. So Pastor Cal says, I've seen couples go through worse than what you guys are going through. So then he says, and I was glad. He's like. Are you moving forward or are you getting a divorce? Because if you continue to live separately, just call it what it is, a step towards a step towards your demise. Clint starts talking about how he's a person of conviction. He wants to hang out and grow. Whatever semblance of a foundation we have, there are some strong points. And he's committed to her and wants to continue. And Gina says that she's not one to give up either. But she wants to continue to get to know each other, but she doesn't want to move in. And she doesn't want to move in and sleep in separate bedrooms because that would feel weird. Even Pastor Kyle asked Clint if he wants Gina to move in and he says yes, that they need to have more exposure to each other. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Sleeping in different bedrooms to her feels worse than sleeping in different apartments? (laughs) Nothing makes sense. Sleep. Mind you, that if they both go home, they'll be sleeping in different apartments in the same building. A unique maps thing. So what would be the difference between sleeping in different bedrooms in the same apartment? <laughs> That's 
so wild. I'm actually very surprised that they let Pascal ask that question. Like, do you want to break it off or not? Because, I mean, there's a potential that we could have been down three couples. Oh, we probably should be down. I, what, I don't know what Clint and Gina are doing. I think Clint wants to try. But, you, I mean, you have to have someone who will meet you halfway. And Gina's not meeting him anywhere. Nope. So, so Pastor Cal tells... Um, Gina that Clint likes to have a good time and that Gina needs that someone to like show her a good time then Gina starts crying and she's like I do need that and it's just hard to take steps you're super uncomfortable with that's life like taking steps that you are uncomfortable with especially when you signed up for them but she doesn't feel good about the decision and I was just like just move in this was really annoying I just want to share with you that I am second guessing myself on Dom and Mac. Like maybe they're just a bad match, <laughs> but I don't necessarily think they're like a bad, bad match, but maybe they just are. <laughs> um, I don't think they're a bad. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I can't tell. I don't know if it's that. I, that's the fun of this episode for me. I truly did not even know whose side I was on. I felt like they both behaved badly in different ways. They did. I, I again. I think where the experts fucked up was like just get someone that was based in Nashville. <laughs> like it's just hard to sell someone who's moving around and doesn't even have a place. So, um, I mean, we had someone that asked a question. Um, hi Taylor. Max said he moved from Michigan to Cali to Nashville. And every time on camera when he says why he moved to Nashville, he always says for love. But do we think he moved to Cali to try out for the San Diego season and then moved to Nashville for the solo reason to try out for the season? I would just hope that Mass would catch that. Like, oh, this guy applied in San Diego and he applied again in Nashville. But that might be giving them too much credit. I don't know. Let the defense show that Mass did not sniff out someone with an arrest warrant who got arrested during their honeymoon. So I don't think they'll catch that. I think they're just looking for people at this time. And I think, you know, they did all this during kind of COVID. We're just letting out at the time. So maybe they were just desperate for people. But I never actually thought about Nashville for sure. I think he moved for maps. But for San Diego, I don't know. We don't, I don't think we know where exactly in California he moved to. So I don't know. But I definitely agree he moved to Nashville for the show. It appears that way. Yeah. But if he moved to Cali for maps, okay, then that's creepy. Weird. That's very weird. So, but yeah, I think they could have just done Dama Solid and gotten someone who had their shit together. I, I, but again, if they liked each other, it might not have been a thing. So I think there are other things. I think when you just don't like someone, everything becomes a thing. It does. And it's also like, none this show, no one will just say it. Because I'm like, you could live in an apartment with someone who you're mildly annoyed by without all this drama and emotion. You must really hate each other after a week to not even live together. And I have to give some credit to previous couples because there are people who have been in just as bad a shape as these couples and they just moved in with no muss and no fuss. So... I mean, Aid, what would they have done if they were the pandemic season? (laughs) (laughs) 
So even Christina and Henry stuck it out. Ex- and don't get it twisted. We've heard plenty that people, you know, live kind of at the place, but even that's better than what they, these people are doing. And by live, they're like in and out. They're not there all the time. They're only yeah. there to film. But the producers never really felt the need to tell us that. So they made it work. And that's what these people should be doing instead of loudly and proudly saying, I'm not staying here. Yep. Just fake it. Tell them you're going out and then go to your apartment. <laughs> So next up is Nicole and Chris. They talk about the dogs more. Um, they talk about moving in and how Charlie is with her dad. Chris says both of their leases are up at the same time. Um, they make you give a 60-day notice. So he thinks that they should just re-sign their leases at their old places. Nicole does not believe that, but she just goes along with it. Because what else is she going to do? Uh, I don't understand this. Where did he pull this out of? Like <laughs> zero sense. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand. It's not even like a six month lease. It's a nine month lease, and they're gonna be paying two rents and two sets of bills. Like, so are you coming into this thinking about if it doesn't work? How about if it does work? I'm like, natural rent must be cheap because in DC that no one would ever talk such nonsense about paying two rents unless you absolutely have to. But then on the flip side, I understand you got to think positive, but if it doesn't work and you need somewhere to stay, what are you going to do? Month to month is really, truly expensive. And the other thing about apartments is like, if you give them the 60 day notice that you're leaving, then they, um, sell it out. Yeah. I so, felt like a better compromise would have been resigning one person's lease <laughs> and letting the other person give up their place, especially Nicole, because she was the one who wants to live together. So if it doesn't work out, then she could be the one who has to find a new place to live. Um, oh, that's a lot. It is a lot. But if, if, yeah, Nicole basically doesn't have a choice about it. Um, and so she says, OK, what else am I going to do? I mean, yeah, maybe it's cheaper to just pool money together and pay what it is to break the lease if need be. But then that takes away from the money that he's allegedly saying they could use to get a house together. That's a down payment <laughs> contribution. So yeah. Next up is Shaq and Kirsten with Pastor Cal. Um, he asks about the wedding and the first thing is say they say is that their family's gone along so well. It was like a family reunion. Kirsten says that Shaq has been overly communicating and I just feel like she never misses an opportunity to get in a dig. Um, How do you say your husband is overly communicating about a man and say it and it comes out like a negative? I don't know. (laughs) I was proud of him though for pointing out that she did say, because he said overly. And I was like, see, point that out, that that wasn't positive. Yeah. Um, they talk about the joking around incident. Uh, Pastor Cal asks if there's chemistry. And Kirsten says, not really. And Shaq is like, I think there's a little chemistry there. A little, a little. He talks about forehead kisses. I felt so bad for him. I was like, stop, stop. <laughs> yeah, but he also talked about her rolling up on him at night. And every time he says that, I remember what you said. Well, I, I missed it. And you mentioned that he said she's two different people. Yes. 
one person on camera, one person off. And I would love to have Shaq on after party so we could get an update on that. I did find it interesting that the one time Pastor Kyle comes by, that's the one time they're not sitting on top of each other. Usually they're just always on top of each other when they sit together, but there were there was space. Yep. Kirsten says that the chemistry's taken a while and she has to let her guard down and express herself to Shaq. And she talks about taking stuff on and no, Pastor Kyle talks about taking stuff on and bearing it and hoping it goes away. And Shaq says he's told her to tell him what's on his mind. Tell her, huh, to tell him what's on her mind. And Pastor Cal says to her that she needs to be clearly communicating with him or she's expecting him to respond to emotions that he doesn't know about. Past, uh, Shaq says that he has been more vulnerable. He's been an open book. But even when he tries to ask about her, she'll just pivot it back to him. <laughs> That seems not great. <laughs> she Pastor, didn't deny it. She sure didn't. And we've seen her do it. Yeah. Pastor Cal says that they could be a power couple, but the same power, the things that you're doing on your own, you could be a great success or it could be boom. Okay. All right, guys, we'll be right back. And we are back with Chris and Nicole. Pastor Cal says that they look good and that he's gotten good reports on them. And Nicole is wearing a shirt that says, I'll get over a bit, but I have to be dramatic about it first. Something like that. Pastor Cal asks how her personality is, which was like weird. Chris says that he hasn't seen her be intense and hot-headed, And she says he has seen it. And then they show us a clip that's supposed to be an example of Nicole being crazy and hot-headed. I mean, she's ranting and raving like a loon about how they don't look good in the wedding picture. She's, I, my favorite part is that I think this is the first time that we've seen someone yell at the, the Dateline camera. The fact that you call it Dateline camera. Well, that was an interesting rant. Like, I, I just, that is what she got mad about? <laughs> of all the things? I mean, I get it, not liking your wedding picture, but I just, what are you going to do? But in the, this is the part that I was paying attention to. She was ranting, raving, yelling at the camera. We look terrible. We look awful. We also know that she had had a bottle of champagne exploded on her before she took those pictures. <laughs> something to consider. Yeah, that's true. But it's also like we never saw her yell at Chris. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, the reason why I think it's kind of wild is that they take so many pictures. I'm pretty sure you can find one. Just throw that one away. <laughs> so I don't know if she was mad at the pictures or the fact that the producers chose that picture to be they on air. They chose that one picture. And like, I'm sure we saw it for a half second when they came into their apartment, but we can't even judge whether she's right or wrong about the picture because we didn't really see it. Yeah. That's true. It was a night cam. Um... Nicole says that, yes, he'll have to listen to her complain, but that she looks to him for calming and comfort. Uh, Chris says that he's been walked over in previous relationships, so he's learned to have a backbone. And he can be open and upfront with her. Then they talk about the leases, and Pastor Cal says that you have to act like you'll be married forever. Um, Nicole says she agrees with Pastor Cal, but she's just going to go with it. And Pastor Cal says he gives them two weeks of being apart and they'll find a way to be together, which I think is a, a good way to proceed. I have a thought. Go for it. 
I think it's funny that everyone is so worried about Chris being walked on or walked over, but I'm the opposite. Nicole is the one that's conceding. Now we've seen it how many times? That is true. Charlie is at her house. Yeah. And she doesn't want the whole nine month lease because, I mean, that's absolute bunkers. I still don't know why Chris said that, but yeah, she conceded on that and it's two major things. So she's the one that's doing the conceding and, you know, at some point he needs to step up. We're waiting. We're waiting. (laughs) Then we find out that every day Nicole asks him what his decision will be on decision day. And she said that she started as a joke, but now it's like a temperature check. I mean, this is how we can kind of tell that they're reaching for problems. Because this is the problem that Pastor Cal is here to solve. (laughs) And he basically says she should stop that. (laughs) And she goes to an interview and she's like, "Ah, I respect Pastor Cal, but I'm going to do what I want. (laughs) <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, and then after we find out that she respects Pastor Cal, but is not going to listen to him about this decision day question every day, she share, they share with him that they had sex. Yay. I was like, hallelujah, someone on this, sh- these married people finally had sex. Someone on this show did. <laughs> Although I still suspect that Dominica Mack did too. <laughs> we shall find out. My first thought was yay, and then my second thought was uh-oh, because you know how these people are, or maybe it's just Maps Australia, they have sex, and after the sex, they're like, start picking at problems. And they're <laughs> like, oh, maybe I don't like you that much. Oh, I'm not that attracted or whatever, because, yeah. I'm not reading much into it, but also, why why, why did Chris say this nine-month? Am I reading? Do you think that's a bad sign? Because for me, I thought that was a bad sign when he brought up that nine-month thing. I think it's a bad decision, but I also think it's one that makes sense logically, not emotionally. Okay. So I don't know if Chris is like trying to aim for logic when he should be going for emotion, but I'm not panicking quite yet. Okay. Okay. That works. As long as Nicole is not doing any more conceding. Because <laughs> the next yes. time we see a concession, it needs to be Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because there's compromise. And then at this point it's like, okay, Chris, you got the next one has to be hers, whatever she wants. Pastor Cal asks if them having sex brought them closer together, which they never really answered. Um, oh, they said yes. Okay, so they yeah, said they yes. Said yeah. <laughs> I liked how they described their decision to have sex. Um, <laughs> she said we both looked at each other and just sort of decided it's time. It was like a movie. Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> Next up is Dom and Mac. Uh, she comes into their shared apartment. Dom tells us that they haven't spoken since she left. That's a great sign, guys. A great sign of a couple getting <laughs> closer together. You're uh, separated. Yeah, you're in a little bit of a snit with each other, but you can't even send a text. Hey, how you doing today? Nothing. Hmm. So in an adi- uh, in an interview, Dominique says that he has a negative attitude and a lack of adventurousness that she doesn't need in her life. And uh, yeah. I was wondering what she was wearing because I was like, is this, when she walked out with her box and they have shown us the preview of Dominique walking out with the box that we assume happens after whatever this kissing incident is with Chris, I mean with Clint, Mm -hmm. then I wondered if that's actually from when she decided not to move in, but I might be just getting way too in the weeds in their editing. No, because she seemed more upset in the box one. She seemed like she was crying or about to cry or something. So yeah, we'll see. Pastor Cal walks in and Dominique says to him, 
you got some explaining to do. <laughs> I missed I that. I thought that was rude. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was very rude. She offers him a drink and the way Pastor Cal says no, he's like, is it laced with arsenic or something? Like, no, I'm, I'm good. Uh, so they sit down and he asks how they're doing. And Dom just looks poised for battle. Dominique says that they have some concerns and that there are things that he asked for that he didn't get and that she feels the same way. Pastor Cal asks what they asked for and didn't get. And Dominique says, outgoing, positive, optimistic, adventurous. Pastor Cal says he doesn't take risks. And I'm thinking to myself, he's a small business owner slash entrepreneur. He has, he takes risks. He does, but to her, risk is skiing, riding a horse in the ocean, <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> he says that, you know, the type of adventure of riding a horse is something he can do once a month, but I guess not for the, like, I, I each time I look at them and I'm like, really? The honeymoon is what has derailed you? Like, honeymoon activities are what you appear to be, still be arguing about? You know, the crux of their matter is they're not accepting each other for who they are. I mean, I feel like McKinley accepts her for who she is or appreciates her adventurousness, but he just hit a wall because no matter what she says, body language is strong. We learned with Alexis. You can tell when someone kind of highly dislikes you. <laughs> and that's not comfortable. And he's reacting to that. That's not an excuse, but... He's reacting to that. Like, there's only so much I can take. So, yes, she's smiling. Yes, she's saying I'd be nice, and I'm saying it in a calm voice. But if you have picked at every single thing and you're not wanting to do certain things, we've said it before, you cannot make someone want to want to do something. I would also say that litigating whether or not the person you were matched with has the traits that you asked for, what comes of that? What good can come of that? Cal was listing the things that she asked for. They did not meet the mark because part of also what she asked, she said, I wanted someone that was stable, someone that was more mature. We saw him make jokes, like, I've ridden a horse, I can do all the things. I didn't, well, he's kind of boyish. Um, they So they missed the mark on that? <laughs> fair, fair enough, fair enough. And he was saying it with confidence, like, all the things that you asked. And I was expecting her to be like, well, he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it, so where are we going with this? Maybe they edited it out. <laughs> um, Pastor Cal tells Mac, like, you asked for someone who to pull you out of your shell and to grow with you and a go-getter. And he, I mean, Pastor Cal defends their choices. We gave each of you what you asked for or needed, <laughs> what we decided you needed, which you might have been wrong about. Yeah. Um, Pastor Cal asks if they've even given it a chance. And Dom says, again, she wanted someone who's more established, like, Taking into consideration how old he is, I expected more. Ouch. That was rude. Ouch. That was very rude. Oof. I just... She treats McKinley like he's a broke boy. <laughs> and Pastor Cal says that McKinley is not broke. And they do look into people's financials. So, yeah. I, that was actually kind of pleasant news to hear. I was... <laughs> Oh boy. Um, then Dom tries to say, this is 
is why neither one of these com two can win anything. She tries to say that if he had had four roommates, it would be better than the basement living with the friends because then he would have his own space. He kind of interrupts her and Dom is like, can I talk? And he backs <laughs> down very easily, which I think indicates that he has been interrupting her. And she's like, I let you speak. You need to let me speak. Um, so she tells Pastor Cal that she's honestly kind of over it. And Pastor Cal asks if she's over the conversation or the marriage. And we finish the same way we finished last week with drama with Dom and Mac. And I guess we have to find out next week whether or not she's over the marriage. What do you think? For some, based on previews, I think that they are going to stick it out in some form or fashion. For how long, I do not know. When do we get the Dom Clint kiss? Those jokers, I can't believe they put it in a preview and it has been like three, four weeks. We still haven't seen it. You know what my guess is? That's not happening until the couple's retreat. Oh my God. I thought, you know how like Alyssa and Chris had to show up to tell everybody that they were breaking up? <laughs> Yeah. I wondered if it was going to be something like that. Like, so they both left and then they show up? Yeah. I'm going to be so mad if it's an episode where I'm not around. <laughs> um, Let's just wait and see. Let's wait and see before we get mad. All right, Tane, who has your bouquet this week? My bouquet this week goes to Clint because Lord knows he had the self-restraint that I did not have. I was fuming just listening to Gina just say blah after blah after blah. And he may be fooling all of us, but again, we can only go by what we see on the screen. I don't know what the edited versions are. And he just seems to be trying and willing to stick it out. Whether it's for influencing, we don't know, but I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. And he gets my bouquet this week. Who has okay. yours? Um, mine goes to Pastor Cal. Wow. I'm really frustrated with all these people. And you know what? <laughs> Pastor Cal showed up and talked some sense to every single couple. I don't think he hit a wrong note with anybody. So good job, Pastor Cal. <laughs> Who has your burnt ashes? Oh, my burnt ashes goes to Gina. I don't want to hear <laughs> hair world again. I don't want to hear eggshells and all of the things. Like if you're not going to do it, just call it. Just end it. Just stop putting us through all of this. It's just, I don't want anyone who raises my blood pressure. Who has your burnt ashes? Dominique and McKinley. <laughs> Between the two of them, I just think that they both have bad attitudes, pick silly fights with each other, are are very uncooperative. Like they're, it's like they're very adversarial. And it's weird that this has happened so quickly. Yeah. Um, it feels like they're looking to score points against each other all the time instead of looking to like be married and be a partnership. Yeah. They they hit the resentment wall pretty early and pretty quickly. So. <sighs> Too bad. All right, guys, that's it for this week. You can find Tane on the rewatch with Nana. They are covering season six of Sex in the City. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys. And if you say something interesting, we will mention you like we did this week. <laughs> We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Say
big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big